This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be considered medical, nutritional, psychological, or any other form of advice. If you need specific advice, please consult a professional. Imagine your ideal life. Are you living it? If not, why not? Let me guess. You feel unmotivated, fearful, tired. These things may be true, but the question stands. Are you going to allow your current feelings to keep you from living your ideal life? Don't let your dream die. The choice is yours. And today, you're going to choose to step out and get after it. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Peace and Purpose podcast. And today marks the final installment of our Season 3 Extended Edition. We have a very special guest that will be on with us today, but before we get to that, I have a couple of announcements. So, one, given that this is the last episode of Season 3, I wanted to give you guys a release date as well as a theme for next season. So, our theme for next season, and I've gotten a lot of a lot of requests about this um, throughout my social media profiles and just people that have been listening, uh, the season theme for this next season will be turning work from a source of dread to a source of meaning and excitement. That is what I'm going to do for you in this next season. And in order for this to happen effectively, I want to go ahead and preface you on this. You are going to need to wipe your mind of all the things that people have told you about work, about what it's supposed to be, about what your parents say about work. It's work, you know, it's, it's a chore. It's not something to be looked forward to. You know, you, you, um, you work to live, uh, you know, on the weekends, and you're, you're looking forward to Friday, and you hate Monday, and all, the, all these different things, all these things that your parents, your family, your, your friends, and, and, and the media has told you about work and the connotation that surrounds it. You're going to have to drop these things and listen to me, okay? Because I get to enjoy the work that I do, and from looking around, looking at my friends, looking at the population largely, people don't. People don't enjoy the things that they do. They don't render meaning. They, don't, they aren't excited about, about the work that they get to do, about the way they get to contribute, and the way that their work can provide meaning to their life. But they haven't uncovered that because of the perceptions they have about work and what they think it's supposed to be. So, tune in. Our first episode will release on January 2nd at 7 p.m. January, it's a Sunday, January 2nd, uh, the day after uh, New Year's. So we can start that year off right and get you guys in a different headspace because at the end of the day, a lot of our time is spent working. Why not spend that time in a state of meaning and excitement as opposed to dread? Because dread is the state that a lot of people inhabit when working. So, great. Another quick announcement is that Chance will not be returning next season. So Chance is on several other missions right now, and he wants to dedicate himself to them. So 
although I'm going to miss having him uh, to banter with, I am really excited to see him grow as a person throughout his next steps and the next things he'll be doing. Uh, so, But we'll be sure to have him on in the future so that we can update you on all the wonderful things that he's been up to. All right, great. So today's guest, we've got Mr. Nathan Stuck on the podcast today. Nathan is the Director of Corporate Culture and Strategic Impact at Advictorium Solution. He also founded a nonprofit in Georgia known as Be Local Georgia. Nathan teaches experimental MBA courses at the University of Georgia and is the CEO of Profitable Purpose Consulting, a company that helps for-profit businesses certify as B Corps. If you don't know what a B Corp is, stay tuned for an inspiring interview with a man who leads corporations through goal setting and strategic planning in order to give back and positively affect the environment and our social landscape. Without further ado, Nathan Stuck. What is up, everybody? We are so happy and excited to be back in your ear another day, another podcast episode. And today we have a very special guest, as you just learned. Um, this guy is just reading his bio. was was incredibly impressive, and I just thought he was a great match for the podcast and in a different way than what a lot of people have been. So, you know, we've talked a lot about setting goals as an individual and and doing that sort of thing. But today we're going to talk with a guy who's got a lot of industry experience about setting goals as a group and setting purpose-driven goals as a group. Um, so, Nathan Stucker Guy, how doing you doing, great, man? man? I'm always doing great. So, um, weather's turning. Um, seasons are changing and um, just uh, getting ready. I mean, doing a lot of strategic planning for uh, 2022 and beyond. So, uh, just fun times. Always an exciting time of year. I got you, man. That's great. Sort of getting your uh, your hens in order and that sort of thing moving forward. That's great. So we've been asking this to a lot of our guests, um, but I just wanted to ask you as well, what are some best practices, whether you as an individual or that you do with teams for goal setting and uh, moving towards those goals in an organized manner? Before we get into that, our sponsor has a very special opportunity for you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and I am really happy about that because the podcast probably would have never come to fruition without my own experience at therapy. So, you know, we got started when I first overcame my anxiety, and, and I wanted to show others how I relieved my pain. And the fact is, when I was at my lowest, you know, when I felt so uncomfortable and had no idea what I should do or what was going to make me happy, I started therapy. And in the months following, I learned so much about myself to the point that I was able to set my sails and, and start moving towards relief. And regardless, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. But the good news is, therapy works. It, it did for me. So you, you might be asking, what is therapy? And the answer is, it's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work or you're struggling to deal with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles so that you can start feeling better. Because frankly, you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. Because BetterHelp provides customized online therapy 
that offers video, phone, and even 24-7 live chat sessions with your professionally selected therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Plus, being able to log into your account and send a message to your therapist at any time is a great perk. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Also, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. I have a feeling that you'll find a therapist that fits your needs because there are over 20,000 therapists available through BetterHelp. Join the millions of people worldwide who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And here's the best part. BetterHelp has also made a special offer to our listeners. You will receive 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com forward slash peace and purpose. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash peace and purpose. And the forward slash peace and purpose is important because that's what gives you your 10% off. And it helps you to support our podcast. So right now, Google search betterhelp.com forward slash peace and purpose. Tap the get started button in the top right corner of the screen. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. Uh, quantify. Or, or you, you know what I mean? Like define define the actual like what is like what what are we trying to do and then almost reverse engineering like and then what are all the steps we have to do to get there i think a lot of people a lot of problems a lot of things that people encounter that they're goal setting for they haven't properly defined they don't really have a current state defined so there's no real direction they're just kind of like wishing for something to happen. And, um, you know, I mean, I think of a lot of the things we do as a B Corp of like different, whatever you want to say, like things we're trying to accomplish, like, you know, like a lot, like somebody might say like, you know, we want to create a more diverse workforce. Okay. Well, what are your current metrics? What, you know, how many women do you have? How many under, underrepresented minorities do you have? How many, you know, like going through and then, okay, and what's your average retention per employee? What's your, um, where are you recruiting from out of undergrad? Like, you have to go back and like, okay, let's look at all the things that go into something that really isn't, yeah, it's a goal, but how do you goal set around something that you, there's no way to define success. So I think that's the first part is really kind of like, I hate to use this metaphor, peeling back the onion. But really getting in there and figuring out like what is it exactly that we need to, you know, that we're trying to do, where are we at right now, and what's that future state we want to get to, and then kind of going, okay, step one, step two, step three, step four to get to future state. So I think that's the biggest thing. It's really just definition. Yeah, I think that's super important. We talked about this a lot. So to give you a little bit of a breakdown, this is uh, during the first part of our season, it was just me and my co-host. We were breaking down the topics of the psychology and neuroscience of goal settings and one of the things we talked about was the the ability to measure something like the the ability to go okay this is what we're tracking like what metrics are you using to determine whether you've got whether you've got there whether you've reached the goal or how do you track it um, and especially if you can do it in a like a super numerical way which I think you were you were moving towards there like having a KPI or a 
what they call a key performance indicator and to go, okay, this is what we're measuring on this and, and making sure that you're following through with that. A hundred percent. I mean, and it, it was funny. I was doing a, like a lunch and learn today because everybody knows I do B Corp stuff and, and nobody really knows what a B Corp is. So you'll get these organizations. So I did a lunch and learn two hours ago and I was talking about B Corps and I, I talk about that. That was the biggest benefit of going through, whether you want to certify your company or not, just going through that assessment, you have to quantify so many things um, that then give you an okay, like at least, hey, now I know where I'm at. You know, I know where I'm at and here's, you know, and then setting realistic goals too, you know, like, okay, if you're at, you know, 3% of your leadership is, is female and, you you know, the realistic goal probably isn't 50% for end of this year, but it's like, okay, what can we do to get there? So yeah, quantification is, or quantifying, I don't know if quantification is actually a word, um, but quantifying that, that, that stuff is, is like step one. And then having those key performance indicators, I think that's one of the most important things we did as a company was, was, you know, having me be the director of culture and impact. And it sounds like a really vague kind of like, what does that guy do title? But I mean, I was sitting there before I jumped on with you and I was playing with my 2021 budget. I was looking at, you know, what percentage we set goals for percentage of revenue donated and pro bono work and volunteer time. How are we tracking? I do that probably twice a month. I pull a report and I look, how are we tracking? Do I need to push for more volunteer time? Do I need to push for one more pro bono project? So we don't just wake up at the end of the year and go like, dang, we didn't hit that number. <laughs> like I'm, I'm consistently just like you would with sales or revenue or, you know, uh, a lead funnel for a sales team of going through like, okay, how many prospects do we get in this month? How many qualified leads do we have? You would do the same thing. Um, I just do it for the kind of, you know, the culture and impact parts of the business. A brief interruption to your regularly scheduled programming, but this is necessary because I have a very important question for you. Are you satisfied with your current situation? Be honest with yourself. If not, buy my book, Unconventional, Anxious to Alive. Through this book, you will understand how to figure out what you want, muster the courage to chase what you want, and eventually get what you want. The book contains activities that will help you to accomplish each of these objectives. The book also contains strategies that help you to eliminate tasks that take up your valuable time. I'll explain what to look for in friends and how to consume a high-quality information diet so that you can live life on your terms. Plus, the book is an easy read, so readers and non-readers alike can take advantage of the opportunity. The ebook is only $9.99 and the paperback is only $14.99. You could borrow that from a 10-year-old. So hit up little Johnny down the street and buy Unconventional Anxious to Alive anywhere books are sold. I'll leave the link in the description. That's super neat, and that brings me right into my next question. You talk a lot about purposeful goal setting. I'd love to hear about that and like the value system behind that in relation to the B Corp, pro bono, that sort of uh, side of your, your work. Yeah, it's my favorite part of my work. Um, so yeah, I mean, so B Corps and just I'll give the I'll give the thirty thousand foot view for for any listeners that don't know. So B Corps are to business what like lead is to a building, or USDA organic is to milk, where you actually have to go through a certification process. So you can't just say our business is great. I mean, especially now in twenty twenty one, every business says they're great. You know, I mean. <laughs> everybody's doing everything on purpose and you know we care about the environment and everything so 
B Corp is you go through an assessment. There's 200 possible points. You have to get to at least 80, which is fairly difficult. And it's in different sections, though. So, you know, we score as a services, you know, consulting business. We score really high in the worker section. We have really good benefits. We, you know, our pay multiplier from top to bottom is very low. So we have a lot of those things going on. But then there's an environmental section. So, you know, a manufacturing company can score very high in their supply chain and environmental pieces of the business. Um, There's a corporate governance section. So how transparent are you? How much information are you publicly sharing? Um, there's also a, there's a customer section. There's a suppliers quite, I mean, there's just so many different pieces of this. And again, as you're going through it, you're quantifying everything. So, you know, I mean, I have a spreadsheet right now with our scope one and scope two greenhouse gas emissions. I have a spreadsheet with uh, every time card logged on a pro bono project, every time card logged to our volunteering project. Um, oh God, I could go on and on. I have a spreadsheet right now of all the money we've donated to, uh, to different charities. I mean, like I'm trying to think, I literally have, as I'm getting ready to do our annual impact report, I'm like, I have a lot of these sheets open right now. Um, but going through and actually um, assessing all of these different metrics that are our purpose, because the other important part of my job is it's one thing to do all these things. And we ran into this at the beginning. It was really only my CEO and I. Yeah, I mean, we're asking people to volunteer, but there's there's still a, a branding element as far as recruitment and retention go. So there's still a piece of this that I, I need to make sure that our employees are bought in and understanding and understanding also that that we don't neglect the goodwill that we're getting um, our due credit for the fact that, you know, 2% of your revenue is a lot of money to be giving away to nonprofits to do pro bono work. You know, I mean, that is a, that is a significant amount. And so making sure that not only are we quantifying it and goal setting and getting everybody on board, but that we're selling this purpose as a, a benefit of working um, for a company that thinks a little bit differently, that it's not just something where, you know, another ask we're asking our employees to do like, man, this is a giant perk. You know, we give everybody a week off to volunteer. So those types of things, I think it's like two pronged for me is, is, you know, obviously measuring the numbers, driving the numbers, but also getting our team excited about the numbers and excited to hit certain thresholds. Yeah. And how do you frame that motivation with your with your employees? Like, how do you how do you get people wanting to move towards something like that? It's interesting because you think it would be very obvious. You know, you'd think that it would be really an easy job um, that everybody would be on board, and one hundred percent of the people would take their forty hours a week and or forty hours a year and volunteer. Um, last year we hit twenty five percent. I had a big goal this year to get above fifty percent. We're going to hit sixty percent, um, but. I think it's helping them understand that not in a way that isn't like this is an expectation, but getting them to understand that this is a part of who we are and what we value. And I mean, I'd usually, and I'll do a lot of like second round interviews and I'll ask a question, especially with our undergrads coming out of college. What do you do on campus? How do you get involved? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm basically trying to see, like, do they fit within our culture? Because we're going to expect you to. Like, our CEO will be at our trash pickup next Saturday. Like, you know, like picking up trash on the side of a highway. So, like, it's kind of an expectation. But it is, it is a tricky task because you don't want, especially in the world of consulting, you don't want to add extra work on their plate. But you also want them to know that, like, this is something 
this is a part of working here and it's a positive of working here. It's the same reason that we care about that is the same reason, you know, your, your insurance premiums a hundred percent paid for. It's the same reason that, you know, we match, we match 401ks. It's the same reason we didn't roll back raises or do pay cuts last year during COVID. It's, you know, all of those things, this is a part of all of that is awesome at our company. Um, so really, I think that's the biggest part is kind of that that branding package that this is a part of the, the greater awesome that is working here and not just another like, hey, we need you there on Saturday to pick up trash on the side of the road. I got you. I got you. Yeah, it, I think that's a really interesting thing to play with with goals, like how people are incentivized, like what drives people, especially if you get it, you know, because we talked a lot about in this season setting goals as an individual. I want to lose 25 pounds, you know. I want to I want to save so much money or whatever. Uh, but thinking about how you're going to incentivize a bunch of people to work together towards a common goal when that thing may not be the type of person they are, I, th- I find that is super intriguing, I imagine, challenging, like you said, with just the engagement with volunteering. So, okay, that's really neat. So, sort of, to recap a little bit. And we did, and we... We did get kind of creative this year on volunteering, so I laxed the rules a lot more. So I said, let me see what people actually want. So we allow people, like, if you want to volunteer eight hours on a Saturday, you know, a lot of people have volunteer time off, and they're like, okay, we expect you to hit 40 hours, but it has to be during regular work hours. Well, if you're busy or there's not a lot of volunteer opportunities in, so we were like, hey, we really don't care. If you want to do eight hours on Saturday and take next Friday off and not not have to burn a day of vacation time, go for it. If you want to chaperone a kid's field trip or like we have a bunch of people who do who do um, coaching youth soccer and things like that, you know, where it's like that counts like you're volunteering with your kids PTA meetings like just got really creative with letting people whatever their passion is, go find it, go do it. And we'll be really flexible and and allow you allow you to do it, I think has been the biggest thing, too, of kind of giving people like whatever it is. That gets you fired up to get out of bed in the morning. Like, just go do that. So, also meeting, I guess, meeting people where they are and letting letting them find their own passion. And then I think it's a lot easier for them to hit goals because you're you're not forcing them to do something that maybe they're kind of like indifferent about. Yes, uh, yes, I think that's really really neat. And they talk about. I mean, I don't know you 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 would know far more about this than I would. Talking about just giving people a level of autonomy and how that impacts their motivation. I read that actually back in a, a study learning about how teams work well and giving them sort of choices and say, okay, this is the general idea, this is the thing we want to achieve, but beyond that, we want you to, to improv and then put your own take on it. So, Oh, 100% too. I think I think just, I mean, even, even little like autonomy with things, regards to things like, you know, everybody wants to have that like, 2007 like google office office space with like the ping pong tables and the things where you're just like i came to work to work and i'm gonna go home um i make it a point during like onboarding to make sure everybody knows like if you don't come to the virtual happy hour on zoom once a month nobody cares you know if you're if you have a family and you're busy and you put your 40 in and you're good good (laughs) like (laughs) that's fine if you're an extrovert and you need p and you work remote 100 percent of the time and you need to see people once in a while even if it's on zoom um that's great too then show up to the happy hour but making sure people don't feel like pressured to um pressured to do things that they don't really care about 
I think that's big. I think that's like goal setting, though. You know, if you're going to lose 25 pounds and you hate running, don't make your plan running. <laughs> you know, do weightlifting, do whatever, do whatever excites you. And I think it makes it a lot easier to hit hit those goals. So I wanted to ask you, in the context of goal setting, you were just bringing up talking about people remote working. How do is there a lot more self-driven activity going on with with employees or just in general how would you recommend people working from home or trying to accomplish anything with no other um, with less accountability maybe how would you recommend people staying on track who that's a good one and and I'll be honest and I will say that I don't know that remote work is for everybody um I think and I think there's an evolution I know for me I struggled at first a lot I used to go in couple days a week and then COVID happened and I've kind of just stopped going in because I'm about an hour and a half away from our office. Um, I think you have to figure out what works for you and set your own boundaries. So like I'll take breaks during the day. Like I'm about to go out like, well, if I don't let these dogs out pretty soon and feed them, like I'll take a little break though and do that. And, and I've proven that I get my work done. And I'll also know that from... You know, I might come back at nine o'clock at night when I get I get in the zone late at night if I have to do creative work. So nine to eleven might work for me, and so I think it's different for different people. But I know we've had some people who were in the office five days a week and maybe decided like, "Hey, I'm going to move," or "Hey, I just don't really want to come in the office anymore," and they've struggled with. I guess it's the discipline. It's either the discipline or they really need their extroverts and they really need people for energy. And, and I am too. I'm a big time, like I've, I will literally sometimes, if I need to write, I'll go sit at the bar, put earbuds in. It's just being around people that allows me, then I can just write for hours and I'm not even talking to them, but it's that energy you get. So I think that's the big thing is, is knowing yourself and having the emotional intelligence to know what kind of person you are and what kind of things give you energy, give you, um, your motive, whatever it is, motivation that, that desire to to go um i think i think that's big i think it's i think it requires remote work requires a lot of emotional intelligence and to know when you need a break and to know when you need people and to know when you need to call a friend and meet up after work and versus being in the office because it really does working from home really lacks structure you're always in your office i mean i'm always my computer i work in the living room i work in my office i'm, I'm at the dining room table right now like no matter where I go, I'm in my office. So I think it's that that it's a lot of discipline, it's a lot of emotional intelligence, and it's a lot of I think self reflection too of like, hey, what is working for me? Am I struggling more than usual? Am I frustrated? Am I missing something? Um, and then honestly, again, I will say it. I, I don't know that it is um, that everybody's capable of doing it and doing it well. And I think for some people, though, it is the for me. I know it's it's my favorite thing in the world now once i once i learned how to properly do it and find people when i need people and things like that right right yeah i think the we've talked a lot on the podcast about that knowing oneself we call it emotional intelligence whatever you know that is so so crucial for people what i want to dig in a little bit more with you actually is the minor point i saw you place how would you recommend people building the the self discipline to do that stuff, because I know we've got a lot of listeners who are working from home. So, how do you recommend people build that self-discipline? I, you know, I go through my calendar 
every day, like at night or whatever, before the end of the day, whatever the end of the day happens to be for you. Um, for me, I'll, I take, I call it taking a break. I make sure that the, you know, and I also have a bunch of things I'm working on. So I'm probably, you know, I run a nonprofit and I teach a class at, at the University of Georgia. So, you know, I have a lot of different hats that I'm wearing. So it's not always going to be a nine to five and then I'm done. Um, but I make sure I take a break every after, every night from about six to nine and I cook dinner with my wife and, you know, we'll take the dogs on a, I can't say the word cause they're here, but we'll take them on a W and then, you know, we'll, and we'll watch Jeopardy and we'll watch wheel, which is how, you know, you're becoming an old couple. Um, <laughs> but then she, I, but I've then we've had our time together and she'll kind of veg out and she goes to bed around 10 and then I at nine o'clock open the laptop up and I fire everything up. But before I finish for the night, I know exactly what my next day is. I know what I have to get done. I know where the sprints are. This is some really good advice somebody gave me. It was more about life in general of knowing when you're coming out of a sprint and allowing yourself time to recover from it. Just like you would if you were, you know, sprinting down the street or, you know, running gassers after practice. I even look at my day now as when are the sprints? When are when is back to back to back phone calls? Do I have any time blocked in my calendar to do some some heads down work like I was just doing, playing with the budget, looking at next year's budget where I need to focus. I don't need a million distractions. I don't need to be jumping on and off phone calls. So I I've become really, really good at blocking my calendar for working from home. But even today, I had on my calendar from 10 to 11, go to the grocery store. (laughs) So I made sure that otherwise I think working from home can become overwhelming because you feel like you have this freedom. But then you're just tired and work's over and you're not driving home. So you're like, oh, do I really want to leave my house to go to Publix? Not really. Um, So I'll put things like that on my calendar. Um, And I'll also try to get, you know, even if it's fun stuff like, hey, from four to six, I'm going to meet a friend for happy hour or but it's, it's that calendar discipline where you know what you're going to be doing. You can prioritize the work. I'm also a big proponent working from home more than I ever have been before to-do lists. Because there's no accountability and nobody's looking at you, it's really easy to turn the TV on or or schedule half of your day as going to Publix, going to happy hour, walking around the block like <laughs> where you don't accomplish anything. So making sure that I know like what do I have to get done this week, prioritizing my work. And honestly, even some of that stuff... I don't even make the to-do list. I put it on my calendar. And maybe it's something like, hey, you know what? That's kind of some creative work. Nine to midnight, it's on my calendar. And I know that's when I'm going to knock it out. So, and again, I think a lot of a lot of it too is you. the longer you work remote, the more accountable you make yourself. But again, it's that is a part of emotional intelligence is, is knowing how and when to also hold yourself accountable and knowing when you really need to like button down and you're just going to have to put in a week. Like you're going to have to put in one of those crazy, crazy weeks either to get back ahead or to get ahead because you have vacation coming up, things like that. So, but there's nobody to tell you to do it because you're home alone. Yeah. And, and with me, it's like that to the max because I run my own business. So like I, you know, have a couple people I correspond with, you know, internally, but like other than that, like Man, I'm just sitting here. It's it's all me and my system of how I'm doing things and what order I'm doing them. Like it's just if there wasn't just me and my system, man, I would be done for. Um, so I very much see that in myself. Very and even like you said, blocks of time. Like one having the emotional intelligence and the self knowledge to go, okay, from nine to eleven or whenever. I work really well creatively during that time, and then going, okay, I'm gonna make that that time. Um, and noticing that about yourself. Well, cool, man. Um, 
before we go, I have one more question for you, and this is one I ask every guest because it's a good time. Um, if you could put, you're going to have a billboard, and you can put one phrase on it that the entire world would see, what would your phrase be? Um, you know, and I, and it's funny cause it, it, I give, I, I have a speech that I give to student groups and things like that. And it's about finding a career with purpose. And, you know, a lot of it is, it's like, I think there's this, this hesitation or ambition that gets in the way a lot of times with, and I mean, I'm, I remember being 23. I remember being like, all right, I'm going to. I'm going to take on the world, man. When I graduated college, like I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to be like Mr. Businessman. And I never really took the necessary steps. I mean, I did, I did have a lot of really good mentors who helped, but like, I also didn't have the tools 15. You couldn't just go on LinkedIn 15 years ago and like look up job descriptions, but it's like, man, if you want to be CEO, it's the same thing we talked about earlier, reverse engineer that process and figure out what steps you need to take to get, what's the next job you need to take. What, what's the next logical job that you want and need? And then figure out what what skills you're missing. Go get them. Like, take action. Like, take control. Like, you, you do. And, and for those that are younger, like, you do wake up. And like me, all of a sudden, you're like a year and a half away from 40. It happens really quickly. And if you don't take advantage of opportunities and you don't put yourself in a position um, of action, constant action and an improvement and personal development... You're going to wake up and like opportunities just going to keep coming and going. Like you're not going to be there to open the door for it. You're going to be in the shower. You're going to be out running errands, but you're not there when opportunity knocks. So like, man, take action and just continuously like work on yourself, develop new skills. And like all of a sudden you're going to wake up and find yourself in a really good spot in life. That is really, that is really nice to hear. We talked a lot throughout this entire season about, you know, there's really two phases. There's, sitting back and reverse engineering and making sure that those components are fitting together that, you know, you set, I call them causes and effects, that all your causes and effects are lining up, that they, it's a domino effect to whatever the big goal you have is. Um, and that, I think that's really important as one part of it, but the second part, which I think should be most of the time, is just head down following that model that you set for yourself. Like following the these are the causes I'm doing, and the only way to make those causes happen are through action. You know, and I, and I understand it's very important to make sure that the causes and effects line up to get your goal, make sure that you're not climbing the, the, long, the wrong ladder to go where you want to go, but at the same time, fundamentally committing to the action and, and not just getting all up in your head and letting this do all the work. Um, so I think that's really, important. um, you know, and I, and it's funny cause it, it, I give, I, I have a speech that I give to student groups and things like that. And it's about finding a career with purpose. And, you know, a lot of it is, it's like, I think there's this, this hesitation or ambition that gets in the way a lot of times with, and I mean, I'm, I remember being 23. I remember being like, all right, I'm going to. I'm going to take on the world, man. When I graduated college, like I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to be like Mr. Businessman. And I never really took the necessary steps. I mean, I did, I did have a lot of really good mentors who helped, but like, I also didn't have the tools 15. You couldn't just go on LinkedIn 15 years ago and like look up job descriptions, but it's like, man, if you want to be CEO, it's the same thing we talked about earlier. Reverse engineer that process and figure out what steps you need to take to get, what's the next job you need to take. What, what's the next logical job that you want and need? And then figure out what what skills you're missing. Go get them. 
like take action, like take control. Like you, you do. And, and for those that are younger, like you do wake up and like me, all of a sudden you're like a year and a half away from 40. It happens really quickly. And if you don't take advantage of opportunities and you don't put yourself in a position, um, of action, constant action and an improvement and personal development, you're going to wake up and like opportunities just going to keep coming and going. Like you're not going to be there to open the door for it. You're going to be in the shower. You're going to be out running errands, but you're not there when opportunity knocks. So like, man, take action and just continuously like work on yourself, develop new skills. And like all of a sudden you're going to wake up and find yourself in a really good spot and work. Yeah. Not, and not getting overwhelmed by the fact that CEO is so far away. Cause I mean, this, this model goes for anything from, you know, like climate change to whatever, to, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, like just because the, the, the amount of work that needs to be done is so daunting doesn't mean that it can't be done. So just start, like just start doing the work and then you chunk it off. You can't drive 500 miles if you don't drive the first five, 500 miles is a really long way to go. Start driving. Cool, man. Sorry, I get really fired up. Oh, oh, you <laughs> Take action, make progress. You can talk to any of my listeners; they'll know this. I'm very cool in this. When I when I'm taking the speaking position, I'm very very charged. So you you blow it up, man. Um, before we go, where can people find you? Where can they see your see your work? Uh, get to know a little bit more about you. Where can uh, you direct them to? Um, I'm pretty much exclusively on LinkedIn. I don't know why. It's the only one that I can still stand. Um, but I'm LinkedIn.com/slash Nathan A. Stuck, and then um, you can find. Uh, I'm still building out my, my personal website, but I've got a profitable, it's profitable purpose consulting is my, um, is my consultancy. And then our company is, uh, advic.com, A-D-V-I-C.com. And you can read all about B Corps and everything on our website too, because we have a ton of information there. Cool, man. Well, sweet, man. We just enjoyed having you on. Guys, uh, we will uh, see you next season, actually. This will be the last episode of release. Um, We will see you guys in January. I will uh, put in the date here in a little bit. And other than that, we just thank you for listening, and we look forward to being in your ear in the new year. All right, have a good one. Surprise, it's me. Don't miss another episode of the podcast by subscribing and turning on podcast notifications. If you don't know how to do that, the podcast notification part. You can fiddle with your podcast notifications by accessing the notifications tab in your device settings. Thank you for joining us on the Peace and Purpose Podcast.